1: Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories.
4: Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, our heroes have found and attacked Evelyn! She gave an order to a devil that she had summoned and was teleported away. Travancore chased after her while the rest of the party tried to convince the devil to betray Evelyn. The devil said that if the party survived, she would consider their request just as a cave dragon burst through the wall and unleashed its poison breath. Now Travencore faces down his cousin alone, while the rest of the party must survive the onslaught of the dragon. And that is where we begin tonight, right in the middle of initiative. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, also known as Obo Crazy. Tonight, I am drinking cranberry juice and vodka, because I'm keeping it simple and bloody. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Mad Muscular tonight. I am revisiting
0: a previous entry into the Cider Wars. Yes, it is Austin East Cider's original dry cider, which I believe uh, at some point uh, Carlton, A.K.A. John, had an Austin East Cider's something.
2: I don't remember uh, exactly. I think what I've it- drank the honey, the dry, then the blood orange, and the pineapple on air at some point. I'm a big fan of Austin East Ciders from back when I was drinking.
0: I remember the Blood Orange. And uh, this is okay. I think I like the the Ace Joker a little bit better than this. Uh, This has actually uh, nine grams of sugar per serving versus the three that the Joker has. So I'll probably be sticking with that. But I wanted to try something else. And... Today's shot of Fireball to be consumed at the next casting of Fireball is dedicated to friend of the show and composer of our theme song, Linnea Boyev, aka Elena. Linnea, I've met you several times. You're lovely. Thank you for supporting us. These shots of Fireball are for you. Yes, I have two for reasons.
4: For reasons. Uh, oh
0: my. Or, or you could just enjoy. You could just have more than. I one. actually do. You know, of of everything that I that I take shots of. Fireball
4: is probably my favorite. Good. I'm glad, considering it's become a thing. Carlton, what are you drinking?
2: Uh, I'm continuing into my six of yaritos, and today is Mandarin. So is a delightful orange Ooh. soda.
3: Do you know that Stephen and I ordered food from one of the like two burrito places in all of o- Ottawa last night, and you could get aritos. It's good soda. For, as like they had it on offer, and I thought, well, I'm trying not to drink soda, but... It made me a little happy. I was like, oh.
2: Yep. No, they are tasty. They're no no caffeine, no high fructose corn syrup, and they are gluten-free. And I only say that because it's on the back of the label that I was just looking at.
4: <laughs> I mean, if they want to sponsor us, though. Yeah, yeah, please. Hello, sponsor us. I'd love that. Bernie, what are you drinking?
3: Um, Stephen actually bought this for me. It's called, and I like this because this is sort of like how I feel most of my life. It's called Mad and Noisy.
1: <laughs> it you i love it It you hit me yeah yeah uh, it you. it's it, a it, lagered
3: it's ale it's the mad noisy lager ale i'm trying to find the actual it's i think it's by Cremore springs yeah so yeah this is inspired by Kolsch brews of clone germany it's a strawberry, it's a straw blonde ale, so we're gonna, it sounds pretty, it's it's a strawberry blonde ale, so it's it's almost a redhead. It's mad and noisy. <laughs> it's <laughs> I also, hold on, let me see if it's any good. I can't get it open. Shit. Uh-oh. Ah, there we go. Well, it smells good. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like this. It's like a little hoppy, and I normally don't like hops, but it's like. Just the right amount of hoppy. It's not overdoing it. And I have to shout out, because I'm also eating a Reese's Christmas tree. And friend of the show, Hanif, mailed me two boxes of yes! Reese's.
4: Wow. Yes!
3: I was given pumpkins, <laughs> trees, hearts, ghosts, and eggs. And we had to take some of them to Steven's work, because we were like, if we eat all of these, we'll never want to eat another Reese's again. But this is fresh from the freezer. But
4: I was about to say, that's the beautiful thing about Reese's in mm. any shape, is you put them in the freezer and they're good forever. They're like Cadbury cream eggs. Oh, they're so which, good. Oh, is so good. When mm. mm. you enjoy that, let us move on to Travancore, the the man still of the hour, fighting his cousin. What are you drinking?
1: Good people of Faerun, when, when you get a mighty thirst going from hunting and killing your cousin, or trying to, <laughs> Travancore recommends. Lagunitas Dark Swan Sour Ale, which was what I was drinking the last time around. And uh, I'm also kind of celebrating as Jack. Uh, today marks, uh, not today itself, but like within this week, marks the five-year anniversary of me moving to the town that I call home now. So, cheers.
3: Cheers
4: to that. I'll drink, drink to that. that. Cheers. Mm. I actually meant
1: to dedicate this
0: uh, Austin East Ciders to you because it is a dry apple cider and it says, How do you like them apples? Uh, Jesus. Which, <laughs> Which, call back, call back to the last time Carlton drank that and probably said that. Most so likely. basically,
3: two of the drinks are the people on the podcast. Man, listen.
0: Hit me. <laughs> this, is actually, this is actually growing on me now.
4: All right. Let's get back into the initiative.
0: Ooh, all right.
4: A brief recap beyond our already recap of what's going on, of kind of where everybody is. So at the moment, in one room of this cave complex is... The cave dragon. It has been injured. It is currently standing next to a uh, shield guardian, guardian of faith, gar- shield, shielding guardian of faith of shields. Miss Tina. Miss Tina, standing next to Miss Tina. And Carlton, who probably looks the healthiest out of all of the group.
2: Except still covered in mayo.
4: Travancore
3: still has mayo. four
4: more points of health. Yes. Well, we'll get to Travencore in a moment. As far as this group of people in with the cave dragon, we've got Carlton and Miss Tina in melee with the cave dragon. Uh, Ten feet behind Carlton is Jonathan, who is currently very hurt and poisoned and quite upset at saving throws. About 15 feet behind Jonathan is Shadow, who is prone and poisoned, but recently back from the dead, thanks to Bernie, who is about ten or five feet behind Shadow, also poisoned, also not looking too good. But they are all there staring down this cave dragon in a slightly different room. Uh, a little more south are two figures, Travencor and his cousin Evelyn, who are facing off in a in a battle of the people from Prakonum. Oh, and also there's a a devil hanging out watching because that's what she likes to do. At the moment... It is Shadow's turn. Shadow is alive, although he is prone, and he is is ready to do as Travancore would want him to do, even though he can't currently see Travancore.
1: Oh, man, there's actually a big debate as to whether Shadow... I was wondering whether Shadow would stay put or whether he would go after Travancore, but I think with... All the fear and anxiety he's had since he's met Evelyn and he knows the threats she presents. I can't imagine him not going, trying at least follow Travancore. So he's gonna use half of his motion to uh, to get back up. And then his right regu- I mean, and then he's gonna dash. Basically he I think he knows he can't get all the way up to her, but he's gonna get as close as he can, and his movement is forty feet, so that should give him eighty feet. That should get him eighty feet closer to, to Travancore.
4: Okay. Uh, so he'll spend this entire round getting down the hallway where, we're, hallway where he saw Travancore run off to. He'll be able to find you the next round, essentially. Okay. Um, but so he's going to dash off in that direction. Carlton, it is your turn.
2: I kind of wish that like a wall of force would just box in Evelyn and Travancore just so there would be a Perconum cage match. <laughs>
4: it kind of is at the moment. Like, there isn't a wall of force. But at the moment, it's kind of a one-on-one cage match. See, right,
0: right. now, we're dealing with the Age of Anorak, and she, uh, Travencore is over there doing Travencore Civil War. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like it.
2: All right. Well, I'm still very angry. I'm still yes. raging. Uh, and yes. I got a big old cave dragon in my face. And so I'm going uh, to start hacking and slashing.
4: Let's go for it.
2: Uh, does it 15?
4: Uh, versus AC? No, it okay. does not.
2: Well, I got a second swing. Oh, it's way uh, better. That's nice. way better. Nice. Guess what? It's way better. Natural 20.
4: Yeah! Everybody drink. Everybody drink. Do that
2: half-orc shit. So, hold on. Yes.
4: A natural 20 will absolutely hit go ahead and so, wail on this cave dragon.
2: Uh, another 29 points total because I don't think I had this separate it, right?
4: No, you, you right. did not. Because you're still using the halberd? Yep. All right. But A you know might- what? I'm feeling,
2: I'm feeling the feeling. It. I'm feeling feisty now. You know, I get that good hit. So I'm going to accent surge and do the shit again.
4: Sure. This is a mighty blow. You take off a chunk as you get ready to roll again as you're like I my friends are hurt and I'm in this dragon's face and this is a chance to take this thing out. Uh and you just slice through its side. It hisses in obvious pain. It that is a grievous wound.
2: Uh 25 versus AC?
4: That will definitely hit.
2: All right. And so that'll be doing, hold on, 4 13 points.
4: 13 Another mighty blow, and then action surge gives you two more attacks, I believe? Yep, because I get two attacks per turn,
2: so I get another action, so coming back with the swing again, kind of doing a little flare, a little spin in my hands, like, ha-ha, getting cocky, and I got too cocky.
4: Hubris! What'd you Uh, roll?
2: A 14 versus AC.
4: (laughs) Sadly, a 14 does not hit, so you kind of bookend these two awesome, grievous wounds, you bookend them with... Just the cave dragon sliding out of the way with unnatural speed. This thing that has no eyes practically sees your blade coming, but it you you dealt it uh, a hurtin. Anything else?
2: I'ma stand here and do my tanky barbarian thing and help my have my spirits uh, help me prevent them from hurting my friends.
4: Sure. Moving on over to the other room, Travancore. You are in a darkened cavern. Evelyn has just hit you with an enfeeblement spell that has left you, I think it was disadvantage on strength saving throws, if I remember correctly. You can see her. She is just barely within your your dark vision, and she is snarling at you in a way that the people in the other room would recognize from the cave dragon. She looks enraged.
1: I've had too much time to think about what I was going to do right here. And it came down to either casting cordon of arrows to make sure I could hit her no matter what, or just going big and actually doing sharpshooter and even taking the damage to the the uh, the penalty to the damage, but having the sharpshooter kind of counteracts that or whatever. So I think fortune favors the bold. I have to go for sharpshooter. So I'm gonna shoot an arrow at her. With my, I'm gonna use my sharpshooter feet to uh, to take a fu- like a penalty to the attack. But then if I hit it, then whatever I get will be bumped up and then bumped back down. So it'll. If it works, it'll be a normal attack, I would imagine.
4: Sure. Well, you you are not at disadvantage at this moment because she moved up to hit you, so right. go ahead and give me your roll with all the, the fun penalties, stuff.
1: yeah. Okay. Ugh, 14.
4: Just misses. Ugh. It this takes your deck the bow takes your dexterity, and so even though you are enfeebled strength-wise, the bow shouldn't matter, but something about this shakes you just enough and it barely misses her.
1: Can okay, do I need to roll a save against the Enfeeblement or no?
4: That's an excellent question. Let me look this up. Ray of Enfeeblement. Thank you. Handy dandy D&D Beyond. At the end of each target's turn, they can make a constitution saving throw against the spell. On a success, the spell ends. So yes, go ahead. Give me a constitution saving throw. Got Get it.
1: That save. Get that save. That's a 13, which I'm sure will be enough to, to save me. Yes?
4: Yes. Sadly her spell her spell save DC slightly higher than that. You get the sense she's pretty powerful, so uh no, you are still enfeebled, so so what it specifically is on a hit the target deals only half damage with weapon attacks that use strength until the spell ends. Oh so well, it hasn't actually affected actually, you yet.
1: It doesn't matter yet because none of my attacks use strength. At least the arrow sub doesn't. It's all decks. Yeah. So,
4: but you are you are still enfeebled. Anything else? You can move and you do still have a bonus action.
1: Oh yeah, the bonus action. Um, oh
4: yeah, the bonus action.
1: No, no, I think Shadow being here is a good thing. I think I'm done.
4: Okay. It is the dragon's turn. Meanwhile, back in the other room. All right, the dragon looking incredibly hurt is going to cough. It looks at all of the the prey in front of it actually before that happens uh it starts its turn in the effect of Miss Tina. what 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 do i gotta do for Miss Tina?
3: it's going to sorry i pulled this up guardian
4: faith because i think it gets a saving throw to take half damage from a uh, save throw it does a save throw uh dex dex saving throw i don't think that's gonna do it a nine yeah but that's it's a 10. No, <laughs> so that's no. not going to
3: do it. It's going to take 20 points of radiant damage. Okay.
2: I high five Miss Tina.
3: She I high five you back.
2: F- All right. Radiant high fives.
3: You take half a point of radiant damage. <laughs> worth
4: no, it. No, because he is he is an ally. So oh, it doesn't true. do any Yeah, I do remember that part of the spell. Okay. So this cave dragon hisses and reels back getting burnt on one side from Mistina getting slashed on the other from Carlton. It coughs a bit and goes <laughs> And a mass of thick, sticky webbing comes flying out of its gob. 20-foot cube. So, 5, 10, 15. So, Carlton and Jonathan, because I don't think this affects Miss Tina. No, she's... she's She's Christine not a thing. as ethereal. ethereal. Creature starts his turn in the webs or enters them during his Okay, I need Carlton and Jonathan to make dexterity saving throws. Woo! And uh, Jonathan, you are currently oh, poisoned. Right. So that is at disadvantage Woo! for you. And I can see him
2: <laughs> coughing, so advantage for me.
4: Uh, let's see. That is
0: going to be a, I believe that is a uh, mighty 19 with disadvantage.
2: And I got a 17.
4: All right, you both managed to avoid enough of the webbing to not be restrained by them, but this whole area is now considered difficult terrain as there is just sticky, uh, almost wet webbing just everywhere in the 20 feet around you. And it's got to make a saving throw. All right, Carlton, it's interesting. For a moment, you think that this thing is going to run. In fact, you kind of expected to. It lays down this sticky web, making it much more difficult for anyone to come after it, and you recognize that this thing is hurt, and and intelligent dragons like this tend to value their life over their pride. And for a moment you think it's gonna turn tail and run. And then fire burns in its eyes and it's gonna multi attack you. Bring it. So first here comes the bite, and you you're not restrained. So it's not. just gonna be Ah, uh, but that's not going to hit, and then the claw that might hit eighteen. Eighteen will. Okay, so you are going to take that's uh, fifteen slashing damage.
2: So halved would be
4: seven. And then one more claw, and that hit. will also that will also hit. So that's going to be.
2: Yeah, roll those low numbers.
4: Yeah, two, three, four. There's a 2d6 plus 6, so 6, 7, 8. So 9 more slashing damage. All right,
2: so we'll take 4. <laughs> I'm a barbarian.
4: <laughs> All right, and it's done. Bernie, it's your turn.
3: Okay, Bernie's gonna recast Bless. Okay. Uh, can she still see the bear?
4: She can still see the bear. Is that the range? Is just whoever you can see? Hold on. No, it's 30 feet, Han. So
3: how do I. Get- I bet Bernie's gonna move a little bit. Can she move so that they are still in 30 feet and the bear is still in 30 feet? Up to three creatures of your choice within range. So, actually, she wants to bless herself because she's fighting this dragon. And the bear's just running willy nilly through a cave. So, she's not going to worry about the bear right now. She's going to bless herself and blesses back on for herself, Carlton, and Jonathan the Magic Muscular. So that we can finish them. And as a bonus, she is going to cast Spiritual Weapon.
4: All right. And where would you like to place it?
3: She's going to place it so it's uh, flanking because she has 60 feet of range on this. So it's going to be flanking with Carlton.
4: All right. And what is your spiritual weapon?
3: You know, that's the hard part. I've been trying to think. I think it's going to look like a helmet with horns, a Nordic helmet, if you will. <laughs> a helmet that might yell Fusro Daw" at any given point in time
4: i was gonna say are we are we going skyrim or are we going with the um the wagner kill the wabbit exactly
3: i almost made it a black arrow but this is not the dragon for that so yeah it's a, it's a nordic helmet it's gonna do helmet damage
4: all right a wicked looking horned helm appears and i think i get to do the attack you get to Do one attack when it appears, if I remember correctly. And
3: because I've blessed myself, does that like basically negate
4: the poison disadvantage? No, because so you're still at disadvantage. The bless is just you get to add a d4. So you're going to roll at disadvantage and then add a d4. It's two different things.
3: uh, No, sorry, not bless. um, The um, flanking that makes it just a regular roll. I think that's how we've done in the past.
4: Yeah, it's just, it's interesting because it's you that's poisoned and it's, it. yeah, sure. All right. I'll give it to you.
3: I mean, I just assumed that, like, the thing has advantage, but it doesn't have advantage because I'm poisoned. So the magic's a little weaker.
4: Yeah, magic is weird, but I will say, yeah, sure. We'll we'll so negate the advantage-disadvantage. So it's just a straight roll plus your, your bless.
3: And plus my spell attack, which again is math.
4: D&D is math.
3: D so needs so much math, and I kind of understand like why. Okay, so twenty-seven that does hit. But let's roll Damn. for bless just to see how well it hits. <laughs> twenty-nine,
4: uh, and twenty-nine I to- hits,
3: <laughs> and I get to roll.
4: Oh yes,
3: ten points of damage.
4: All right, ten points, and you said that's force damage, if I remember correctly. It is force damage. You're correct. Oh no, it's a horned helm. One of the horns of this helmet sticks into the the long barbed tail on this dragon and rips out a chunk. The tail is barely holding on with a few pieces of sinew, but it's it's a rough wound. And as the tail whips back and forth in pain, blackish purple blood is spewing everywhere. And I think that's the end of your turn. Oh, that's everything I can possibly do. All right. Jonathan, it's your turn. You are poisoned and uh, you're in difficult terrain from a web, but you are upright. That's fine. I'm blessed.
0: I uh, am blessed. In classic anime style, I look at this situation like tears in my eyes, holding a few feathers from my fallen buddy. And I look at the dragon and I look at the devil and then I look back at the dragon and I say... God damn you bastard! And I throw a fireball at my feet.
4: I wouldn't react to that, but I know you're going to... I'm assuming you're going to sculpt around your friends. Yes. So I just like... It's an awesome visual.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like uh, three-point stance, bam, down right on the center of... What I hopefully will also burn away the web is also what I'm hoping...
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the web goes up in flames. It's a It it's takes fire damage. But I'm assuming it doesn't get as far as the devil. It looks like no. it's not going to get quite that far. Okay. Uh, Dexterity saving throw, I believe, for the dragon. Uh, I'm that's sorry, a 15. I thought the
3: dragon's dex saving throw was like all the dice that Jonathan
4: just rolled. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, that's a really weird way to do a dex all right, save. It's going to be... It's a 15 on its dex save, which I don't think makes it. That's a DC
0: 17 it needs to make. It's going to take 30 points of fire damage as blue flames uh, erupt in the area. Good, good, good.
4: Hey, Jonathan, describe the gory death of this creature. Yes! So
0: as I, as, as like my head's still down, like as the flames kind of like lick away and I look up, but my eyes are still on fire. And I look down, Carlton. Did I get it?
2: And I take my halberd and I kind of poke at it a couple times. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty well done.
0: Uh, and Jonathan the Magic Muscular is gonna like kind of like get on both knees and just be like, just take a huge breath, and then he's gonna look at his at his hands full of feathers, and he's gonna he's gonna consider that for a second. But uh, Linnea, this dragon killing fireball is (laughs) for you.
4: I love how we went into this and you guys are like, oh, God, we're going to die. We're going to die. And I'm looking down at a cave dragon with 45 hit points left going, well, let's see. Let's see what happens. And he didn't return his weapon. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was really worried that you were going to like poison fog us again. Oh,
0: do we? uh, We don't get a save for that, do
4: we? You're pretty lucky that he he did not get his breath weapon back. That is sure. Poisoned? No. So you are poisoned and Bernie, we're still in initiative, but I will say Bernie being poisoned and being the healer would know that you're going to need either a short or long rest or some kind of magic that would get rid of being poisoned in order to stop that from happening. Okay. Yeah. But... Jonathan, as you incinerate the outer layers of this dragon, it falls to the ground, smoking and thoroughly deceased. The devil smiles at you and says, Oh, very well done. Bring me the body of that bitch, and I can make many of your problems go away. In the other room. (laughs) Meanwhile, back out in the cave. (laughs) Oh, dear. Meanwhile, which is why we are still in initiative. Okay. Meanwhile, in the other room. This dragon had tunneled through the wall. Travancore, you'd actually seen the kind of the, the tail end literally of this dragon poking out through the hole in the wall that it had tunneled to get to your friends. So you all clearly hear its death throes as a fiery explosion lights up like a, like a beacon through this huge hole in the wall that is burrowed. It, Flashes into the room. You and Evelyn both at the same time come to the same realization that the the dragon that was in there is dead. Evelyn uh, screams out, no! And rushes towards you. Because I believe she needs to touch you. No touching. Not no touchy-touchy. Touch. No, touch. <laughs> no touch. No touch. No bad. And she is... She's trying to do a bad touch.
1: No bad touch. No bad touch. I remember when I was a kid, we uh, had this like Winnie the Pooh thing we had to watch about the bad touch. Like they basically explained that anyone tried to touch you in your bathing suit area to tell uh, your parents or a teacher or someone you trust.
3: Wait. did how did winnie the pooh
1: like back when i was a kid there was like a live like a live action hot full body costume winnie the pooh version where it was like people just put on like normal people-sized people put on Pooh and piglet and tigger and eeyore costumes and they did a special psa and i think the show was like before i was even born but because you know inner city catholic school like we that's the video we had oh yeah was that a disney channel thing well i never had disney channel so i don't really know I was um, about to I say think, that yeah. sounds like some sort of bougie Disney Channel thing. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I am many things bougie. I mean, up until two thousand, I wasn't. Now I, I don't know. That's others to say.
4: As as this weird vision of, of a, <laughs> a large gentle bear <laughs> flashes through your mind, nothing at all like shadow. As your cousin leaps to you and reaches her hands around your neck as though to strangle you. But you feel dark magic surge through her fingers. Oh,
1: dear. Please don't be super bonused. Please don't be super bonused.
4: Uh, That's a 17 versus your AC.
1: Yeah, it's gonna hit. That's just prime. You're welcome, Beast Wars fans.
4: The grip around your throat doesn't choke you, but it still feels like it is sucking the life out of you. Not amazing damage. Two, four. So that's five necrotic damage. Uh, And Travencore, with your face right up against her face, you could swear that you see some of those arrow wounds close.
0: Oh, damn. Oh, drain life. Classic.
4: And she keeps her hand around your throat, staring directly into your eyes and says, "The the others are nothing. All I need is you dead. And that is the end of her turn. Shadow. Uh, is doing his best to run into the room. If he double moves, he can make it into sight of you guys. And then next round, he could get into melee.
1: All right, yeah, that's, if that's what has to happen, he can't do anything until he's he's close to them, so...
4: Yeah, and you seem you seem to remember it took like all of your crazy amount of movement to get this far, and the only reason you've been able to attack Evelyn is because you are a arranged fighter. Yep. Um, so
1: Yep, full movement. Um he's gonna dash and get as close as he possibly can.
4: He can get within fifty of her. So he's at least now within sight of the two of you. You look over and see him. He looks rough. He is poisoned and bloody and a mess, but he's got anger in his eyes. He sees what's going on. He recognizes Evelyn and there is a resolve there. Carlton. There
0: is a resolve
4: bear. There is a resolve bear. Yes. He's, he's resolve bear. He's resolve fire bear. Carlton. It's your turn. You're in the other room, standing over the body of a cave dragon, looking at the smiling face of a devil.
2: I wave to the devil.
4: She coyly waves back.
2: I run through the cave dragon tunnel. Because that's okay. the quickest way from point A to point B to Travancore.
4: Yeah. Um. So you can move... What's your... Your movement is 40? 40. Okay. With your move, you can get through most of the cave. I'll say you can get... You know what? I'll be nice. I'll say you can get through the cave. You are now... In the other room, you've got dark vision, right? Yes. You can't see anyone or anything. You can hear a uh, shadow approaching from the east somewhere, and you can hear what sounds like Travancore choking somewhere to the east, but you don't see anyone.
2: All right, I will then dash, uh, and then, well, i will going to bonus action on a second wind. Also, awesome, 12 points. Oh, damn, nice. Yes, max max HP back, and then I will dash over to Travencourt.
4: Go ahead and make a perception check. 17. Okay, I will say that you, yeah, you move, uh, it's 40 feet is your dash? Yep. You do move 40 feet in mostly the correct direction. You move basically directly east, so you can now see them.
2: Okay, that was my action.
4: All right, Travencourt, it's your turn. You've got Evelyn's... Fingernails digging into your throat. You think you hear Shadow from the east? You think you hear Carlton from the west? You you hear his <laughs> very familiar mayonnaise covered <gasps> coming. What'd you Split. like
2: to do? Like, like there's a little bit of like a splat every time I'm walking through. It's it's <laughs> a good thing that Mortimer
1: King of Prussia is a weapon that is based off my decks and not my strength, because I'm gonna try and plunge that sword right into the heart of Evelyn I air
4: Does right Mortimer King of Prussia Ugh thirteen. 13 does not hit she is uh she seems to actually be wearing some kind of armor under this robe you're not sure and it's just enough it, it nicks her robe but there's like something underneath and she seems unfazed
1: well at the very least i can back away can i like piggy around her so that her, her her hand is not on my, my my uh if i move around her it's not counted as a gauge. i can just get my her hand off my my throat right
4: Yeah, she's not grappled you. That was mostly for role playing. So I'll say, you know, she was holding on to you. You're able to kind of back away a half a foot enough to break her hand loose. She was basically, that was just part of the spell. You pull out Mortimer and try to stab her. But yeah, if you want to move around her, you can.
1: All right, I am going to try and figure out, like, I see, I know where the opening for the cave is, and I hear, I think I hear Carlton coming, so I'm going to try and position myself in a way where once Carlton gets in there, he'll have a chance to sort of do a, flank, a flanking conca line. It's a little throwback to our earlier episodes.
4: All right, go ahead and roll a perception check. Ooh, Detective Traffic Corps
1: percepts. That's not how it works, but.
4: Since the, he is just out of your visual range.
1: Fifteen.
4: All right. I will say, yeah, that you, you know the direction he's coming from. So if you want to move to uh, Evelyn's eastern side, then you're, you're pretty sure Carlton is coming from the west. So okay. So you, you move around there. And I believe that is the end of your turn. Yeah. Bernie, we're back in the other room. <laughs> okay. I'm
3: trying to think. I feel like it's faster to go through the dragon tunnel. Mm,
0: that's what I'm going to do.
3: I'm gonna go the way everyone else is gonna go. I don't for me, I'm I'm almost it feels like six to one, half a dozen to the other, really.
4: It probably is. You you really aren't sure, but uh you can obviously you watched where Carlton went and you can go in either direction. What's uh what's your full movement and dash? Um yeah, I'm on Coco Snoot. And hey, if you're a member of our one of our Patreon patrons, then you can see Coco Snoot's stats and you can see Bucks' stats and you can see Shadow's stats. You can see everything.
3: Baron von Coco Snoot has a speed of 40 feet.
4: So you can move 40. And then if you would like to dash, you can move another 40. So you can you can get pretty far. That's what
3: we're going to do. We're going to do 40 that will get us to, I guess, the mouth of the dragon hole. And then forty feet through the dragon hole.
1: That sounds awful. Get up to that dragon hole. Dragon hole, dragon hole. It's almost time for dragon holes.
4: With that movement, we will say back over here that you, uh, so you are. You get to the mouth of the hole with one (laughs) bit of movement. (laughs) Sorry. Hey, listen. I'm sorry. I'm don't be. I'm not. I'm sorry. the rest of your 40 foot movement, you can just barely get through this cave, this new cave entrance that he has made. You can hear a lot of things and you can barely see Carlton running off to the east, but you don't see anything else because uh, your dark vision goes out 60 feet and nothing else. Uh, would you like to do bonus action? I guess. Can I bonus action move? No, sadly not. You could oh, bring in I'm the spiritual still... weapon. <laughs>
3: I guess I can bring the spiritual weapon with me, because we're still technically in combat. Oh, you're definitely still in combat. All Um, right, spiritual weapon is going (laughs) to move. I think it moves 20 feet on its bonus movement, but it was, if you recall, sort of at the mouth of the cave.
4: So we'll say it gets halfway through the mouth of this cave, Uh, the the horns trundling along behind you. Jonathan.
0: Jonathan, the Magimuscular, is is going to follow after Carlton. Uh, So he's going to move in very much the same way into the hole. Back into the hole! As he moves, he's going to clutch his pearl as an action and regain a third level spell.
4: Okay. And you, your speed is 30 feet? 30 feet. Okay. You basically catch up to the spiritual weapon. You two hanging out. It is Evelyn's turn. She follows Travancore as he... Moves around her. She's gonna whisper some very familiar words under her breath. And Travencore, I need you to make a Constitution saving throw.
1: Make it. All right, here we go. Come on, dice. You've been—you haven't been that great today so, to me so far.
4: Seven. Bye, everyone. As uh, more necrotic energy sweeps over you. Let's see how badly Blight hits you.
1: Blight? Oh
4: no. That's 38 points of necrotic damage coming (laughs) your way.
1: I'm down to one point! Yeah, I'm down to one point. (laughs) Oh, nice!
4: (sighs) Alright, well I live to fight another another, another 20x turn. If I did that math correctly, that's 5, 6, 12... 34, 50, 16, 9, 20, 20, Please don't be 39. 29, 30, 32, 32, 32, 32, 32. Yeah, 38. That's the correct math. <sighs> okay. Holy shit. It <laughs> could have been worse. <laughs> but not by much. Oh, oh yes. Okay. okay. She looks disappointed that this hasn't killed you. Let me I need to make a roll to see. No, I don't think she knows that Carlton's coming. All right, so she is going to stay there. She reaches out with her hand, and you think that she's going to try to grab you again, except this time this beam of necrotic energy that she hit you with before in the other room hits you again, full force into your chest. You feel the life force being drained out of you as this necrotic horribleness just reaches into your soul, and you don't know exactly what it is that keeps you standing, but when it is done, you are still shaky and weak-kneed and pale, but still standing there. And she is done. It's Shadow's turn. He just watched this happen.
1: Ooh, Shadow's pissed. I don't know what would happen if Shadow were to dash directly into Evelyn, if Evelyn would stop him, if it counts as a charge, if it charges as an attack or mechanics of how that works. But I think Shadow's gonna run and he's not gonna stop until he hits Evelyn.
4: Hmm. Uh, what's his what's his movement?
1: He has 40 feet. Okay. So standard movement wouldn't get there, but a dash w- would get him there, I would imagine, because he's 50 feet away now, yeah?
4: Well, he w- so he'd have to move, and then he'd have to dash, and that would definitely get him there, but you want him to just run straight into Evelyn? Yes. All right. Um. Go ahead. All right. You go ahead and have Shadow make a an athletics check, and I'm going to have her do an acrobatics check. And we'll see what happens. Ooh. Strength. Good thing he's a strong bear. Be- oh, she did roll a 19. Oh, right. So she rolled a 21. So I need you to beat a 21. <laughs> oh
1: for, my god. For our listeners, that's a 22. Today's, today's <laughs> episode is brought
4: to you by the number one. <laughs> Alright. So, Shadow, just... Actually, describe this. What... He's not going to do any damage to her, but he's going to barrel into her and knock her prone. How does he do that?
1: Shadow just, he's haggard. He's not in great shape. He left his friends. He's not sure what happened with the cave. I don't know if he would know what happened to the cave dragon or not, but he kind of abandoned his friends. He's feeling guilty about that, but he knows he has to protect Travencor, and he knows this lady's bad news and he knows he's almost near death. So he just cuts, puts his paws to the ground, just keeps going, keeps going. And he just like, just He's getting faster and faster. He's, he's breaking all the laws of perpetual motion. He's just doesn't care about physics. He's a bear. Doesn't understand any of physics. is limited anyway. And then finally, he just sort of leaps into the air and then sort of just tackles her.
4: And she tries to dodge out of the way, and he just, he like flying squirrels it when he goes to attack her. So even though she does this amazing dodge that shows off her dexterity, he still manages to whack her along the side with a paw. And then he goes tumbling past, lands on his feet about 10 feet away, but it knocks her off her feet and she lands prone. Yeah, go Shadow. Uh, Carlton, you watch as Shadow comes barreling out of the darkness and <laughs> does this amazing maneuver. Darkness bear. <laughs> Basically. I mean, Shadow in the darkness and he was outside of Carlton's dark dark vision until just this moment. A dark bear. Literally just this moment. She's 60 feet away from you, so literally on the very edge of your vision, you just watch as Evelyn gets thrown to the ground and Shadow appears. That's amazing. Right, so
2: I, uh, I run up another 40 feet, and I re-rage because I didn't attack last re-rage. time. Re-rage! Re-rage, and I go,
0: re-rage.
2: hey Evelyn, never underestimate the heralds, and I'm gonna throw some hand axes at her, or javelins.
4: She is prone, so these yep. are at disadvantage.
2: Yep. Uh, thank you, kind sir. That's uh, the first one misses. What'd you roll? No, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: what did you say? What did you roll? It was for a one. Audio- okay. Uh, what happens when you miss with this javelin, since it's a natural one? It's like, I see her on the
2: ground, and I'm like, never underestimate Harold, and I throw it up into the sky, and I went whoops <laughs>
4: <laughs> alright that's gonna come down later what's your second attack
2: Uh, a 14
4: it just misses you are yeah.
2: this one I kind of got distracted and this one like kind of thwings right next to where she's laying
4: yeah Traventor, did you add your you you blessed? you are blessed oh I am blessed
2: thank you kind cleric uh, does a 15 hit
4: a 15 does hit yes! I will hey! let that happen thank you uh, wait, 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 Lord. go man, ahead man, and
2: rolled-
4: hashtag blessed
2: Go Man, for it. Answers. So the one goes, and I went, damn it. But then I was like, oh, bae. And the one in the ceiling comes crashing down and pierces her.
4: I was going to do something else with that, but that's fun. So sure. Why not? All right. It just grazes her, but it does get her. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh,
2: it'll be 15, uh, 15 points of piercing.
4: All right. Yeah. Grazes it gets her, her in the thigh. <laughs> not quite but it does it gets her pretty bad um it looks like a lot of the health she stole for well actually you don't know anything about that all you know is uh, a it looks like the health that she stole from you seems to be gone again uh anything else carlton
2: uh i am good because travencore is within 30 feet and that's as far as i can move
4: okay and travancore it is your turn she is prone on the ground and bleeding and snarling
1: i and she's within 30 feet of me oh
4: she's right there
1: excellent all right, so Travancore, realizing that his mistakes have not his his attacks have not been true, decides at this moment, at this juncture, he keeps non-magic arrows with him just for this an occasion. He's going to use his action to cast of arrows. For the listeners at home, it's uh, it takes one action. Its range is. F- 5 feet of the components are 4 or more non-magic arrow bolts. You plant 4 pieces of non-magical ammunition, arrows or crossbow bolts, into the ground within range, and you lay magic upon them to protect the area. Until the spell ends, whenever a creature other than you comes within 30 feet of the ammunition for the first time, or on a turn ends its turn there, one piece of ammunition flies up to strike it. The creature must succeed on a dex saving throw or take 1 die 6 piercing damage. The piece of ammunition is then destroyed. The spell ends when there's no ammunition remains. When you cast the spell, you can designate any creature you choose. Carlton, Shadow, and anyone else in my party who shows up and the spell ignores them.
4: So it sounds like you're going to place these around her and they're just going to attack her immediately. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, you funk, 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 funk. And it, it's weird. For a moment, Carlton, you watch as Travancore pulls his bow out and intentionally plants arrows in four different spots around Evelyn. I've seen her play
2: arrow trees before. It's
4: been, it, it's been a while, and there's a moment where you're like, "She's right there. She's right there." And then the arrows glow.
1: Just call me Johnny Arrowseed.
4: So what actually happens? So it, it sounds like they just go off immediately because she's right there. Yeah. So
2: I think it's was it at the start of her turn though? Well, it says whenever creature other you it comes in the 30 Pete the ammunition
1: for the first time, which this would be the first time, or ends its turn there. So one arrow is gonna fly up and hit her at least, and then on her turn, when uh, her turn is over in that rain, and she's gonna get hit another one.
4: Yeah, but that sounds like it it's something. to me. So you know, the rest of the
1: party's coming. You think Travencore thinks the cavalry's here? He thinks like I should have done this from jump because at least then she would have taken some damage. But at least better late than never, and he knows at least this will hit her for something. Say uh, dexterity saving throw or take one dice six piercing damage. So that's how how Dexy is, Evelyn. I guess we're gonna find out. Well, she is prone. Yeah. She is
4: prone. Well, that has nothing to do with her dexterity saving throw.
2: Oh, it's dex checks. Yeah. It's
4: dex checks. Eh, ranged attack. I'm just going to roll.
2: Okay.
4: Nope, she fails. Yay! <laughs> she rolls a two. Doesn't matter. So I get to roll Go one Go ahead and roll damage.
1: I'm going to do five damage.
4: You see her starting to get up. And one of your arrows <laughs> through kind of the small of her back. Ooh. But she is still alive.
1: Well, Shadow's right there, so I think he's close enough to use his reaction to to bite her. Or maybe not, because he tumbled.
4: He he barreled through her, and I said that he ended up 10 feet away. So he is unfortunately not. All right, well. You still have a bonus action.
1: It's true. I could dash, and I know the rest of my party is coming, and get out of the range. But then I don't want her to escape or to summon this demon or anything like that. Um, But I'm almost dead. So maybe discretion's the better part of valor here. I'm gonna use my bonus action to dash the way I see. I saw Carlton coming.
4: You know, if you leave her range, she does oh. get an attack on you. Oh right,
1: right. So there's really no yeah. function. There's nothing I can do then. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Stay oh, you can.
4: You can move, and she might not hit you.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I have moved. my movement still. I just don't, my bonus action. There's nothing function I can do with it. All right. Um, it's hmm. up to you. Yeah, you can
4: take the chance, or you can stay right there.
1: No, no, I'm almost dead. Like I'm pretty sure she will kill me if I if I move. So I will. I can bend around.
4: You
3: I, got yeah, a cleric. Yeah. You're okay.
1: I can. Yeah. If I if I fall asleep, it's in the hope of rising again. Thank you, Church. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Travancore trusts his friends. He saw his bear come through for him. He saw his uh, his his big buddy come through for him. His his drinking pal. He's feeling pretty good. He think you know what. Everything's going to be okay. And he's going to stay put. So stand his ground.
4: All right. Bernie, speaking of a cleric.
3: Okay. Bernie is going to move the full extent of Coco Snoot's movement as in a, the most direct path towards them as she possibly can.
4: So 40 Battle Gallop! Okay. I, I will say because you saw where Carlton went off to that you know which direction to go to. So you don't have to make the in the perception check. So 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. So that's 40 feet of movement. Uh, you can now see... Uh, yeah, you're just barely out of range of Evelyn. You can see Carlton in shadow. Um, You think you know where Evelyn might be, and you think you know where Travancore is, Can I- but roll a perception check as,
3: like, a free action to see if I know where Evelyn is?
4: Oh um, no. If you're gonna attack her, it, you it would be a... Well, she's also prone, so she would be hard to see. So she's gonna be... It's gonna be a disadvantage to attack her.
3: I'm gonna try to attack her anyway. All right. What would you like to do? We're gonna do Guiding Bolt because it's got a range of 120 feet.
1: Every time you say Guiding Bolt, I think of Guiding Light the soap opera. <laughs>
4: All right. You can definitely attack her. It will be a disadvantage because not only is she outside of your the range of your dark vision, but she is prone. Okay.
3: Does a 16 hit?
4: 16 does hit. Go yes! ahead and roll damage. <laughs>
3: Woo! Oh, okay. Oh, shit. I wanted to roll it as a second level spell, but I didn't tell you. So I guess I shouldn't do it as a second level now. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> so it's just 46.
4: 46 radiant.
0: Hopefully that's enough.
3: You never know. 15?
4: Uh, Travancore, as you look down and you watch as Bernie shoots this radiant bolt out at your cousin, Bernie, describe the gory death of Evelyn.
3: Yes! Yay! (laughs) Uh, Bernie did not want Travancore to kill his family member, actually. (laughs) That was the entire goal of getting you to let me do this because uh, she doesn't think he should have to do that. She thinks horrible things will come of him doing that. She just, this is a pure faith. She can see-ish. She made a blind guess and she shot. And it and it hit home. And I like the idea of a lot of radiant light lighting up this bitch's body and raising her into the air and slamming her back down.
4: As you release this, you send off that prayer to bay. And so you don't actually see it hit, but it does hit. And so Travancore, you watch as her body lights up and then lifts just, like, a foot or two off the ground. Her mouth opens in a silent scream. She locks eyes with you one last time in a gaze filled with sorrow and hatred and no remorse. And then her body slams back down onto the ground, dead. And we're out of initiative. We want
1: to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offer stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need game day and stay organized at the table. Their mimic chest starts life as a compact wood chest that converts into a dice tower and tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands, a coaster, and plenty of room to carry minis, and more. Over 230 tiny magnets. How do they work? In each Mimic Chest, make assembly a breeze, and come in three affordable price points with lots of customizable options. So check out PolymorphCrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram, at PolymorphCrafts. That's PolymorphCrafts.com.
4: We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. Play with some of the Forgotten Realms' most iconic heroes, like Minsk, Boo, and Dritzt. Characters from Force Grey, like Arkan the Cruel. And even Strix from Dice Camera Action. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This code expires on April 14th, 2018 at 9pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. A-F-R-E-E-G-O-L-D-C-H-E-S-T-4-U so use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Yes, you guys are out of initiative. What would what would you like to do?
3: Bernie's gonna run up and do, like, a quick assessment and obviously discover that Travancore's dying. <laughs>
4: Technically, you all kind of are, but yeah, I'll say in the next moment or two, Jonathan, you come running on over, everybody kind of gathers. She's
3: gonna go over and put her hand on, I guess she doesn't have to touch him, does she? Wait, Cure Wounds. Cure Wounds gives you more, but you have to touch them. She's gonna go put a hand on Travancore, and uh, eight is what you're getting back.
4: Travancore is, uh, Bernie rushes up to you and starts to heal you. What do you, what are you doing as you look down at the body of your cousin?
1: ugly crying like it's not even trying to hide it or sniffle it He's sees emotionally and physically exhausted and anything he could have learned from her about his his past or his family or anything about her that's gone forever because she she made some really terrible choices but she also got a really lousy hand and it's it's his and travencore feels responsible for that He hums a kind of quiet, um, song that's used in a lot of, uh, royal, like, uh, funerals for the Kingdom of Reconum. Like, it's all based on arcane stuff that no one really believes in anymore, but the ritual kind of lives anyway. And he just, he looks up appreciatively at Bernie, and it's, he can't, he, he has no words, he can't really talk after, after doing this. He's, he's, like, there's a lot of, this battle literally and physically took a lot out of him.
3: I know you hated her. And I know she wanted to kill you. But Travancore believe me when I say it would rip your soul and have to kill your family.
1: That's just it. I, I didn't hate her. I hated what she had done. I knew that she had to die. But if there were any other way, I would have had to save her. But she put you guys in a her-us situation. You know, she's blood. But... And I know this is going to sound incredibly cheesy, but you guys are family.
0: Jonathan the muscular didn't actually make it to this scene. Like, he sees with his goggles on, he sees this. And everything that's just happened is going to hit him too. And he's going to find a quiet corner uh, a little ways in the cave and begin casting a ritual. And as he starts, as he's doing that, he's like, He's crying hopeful tears, very much like Jonathan, the actual player, is about to.
4: <laughs> Just so you know, if you are casting find familiar, that is, it's going to take an hour.
0: Uh, Jonathan, the magic muscular, is quite familiar with that. So,
2: okay, we do have a devil in the other room.
3: Yeah,
0: um, Jonathan, the magic muscular, has feels confident that his party can handle that because i I don't think it wants to be here.
4: Are you actually saying this, or, you, or do you just walk away? He
0: just walks away. Like, he's, he's like, he's kind of hunched over his really shitty setup here that he's going to try and cast this ritual with.
4: Uh, there's not really a corner. You kind of, you find the wall. Uh, you yeah. get far enough away. It's quiet in here. Do you, you don't know what else is in this room. It seems to be a gigantic cavern. You, you're... You guess kind of idly as you're looking around that this is probably the cave dragon's lair. You were probably just outside of it. So it's huge. But um, you can kind of find a wall and start to cast that ritual. What about the rest of you? What would you like to do? Hug Travancore.
3: going to get up and pat Travancore and walk to the wall where Jonathan the Magic Muscular is. And she's going to attempt to bring Bucks back the same way she did it last time.
1: Oh, sorry, I, was, I hugged Carlton right back, but then seeing like I didn't I seeing Jonathan go off there. I don't know if Travancore knows what happened to Bucks because like he left before he poofed away. But I think he can probably put it together because Car- Jonathan's walking away and he's upset and the Bucks isn't there. <laughs> would you know enough from the context to figure the, figure it out? I mean, Travancore's not the smartest guy.
4: No, I think in this moment it it would be especially as Jonathan starts to prepare the ritual. You were there the last time this happened. You would. I, I think you would recognize what's going on.
1: Okay, I'm going to head on over with, uh, with Jonathan and Bernie to help out any way I can. Um, as you walk over,
0: Jonathan looks behind your sh- his shoulder and then looks at the other room and says, Devil, and goes back to doing his thing.
2: Well, I guess the devil's in the details, and I guess I'll start heading back towards the other room.
4: All right, so Carlton's going to head back to the other room. Uh, Bernie, are you and uh, Travancore, are you going to still stay with Jonathan? What would you like to do?
3: Brittany's gonna pull a lemon out of her bag and toss it to Jonathan and walk into the other room. Figuring
1: it out, like knowing, like trusting Carlton, but realizing it might not be the best idea for him to be alone in the room with the demon. Like he's gonna, he's <laughs> what, gonna head. Sell
2: our group to a devil? Never.
1: No, no. Like that, it's more like it. family history and that precedent. That would so, happen. <laughs> so I want to go with my drinking buddy to to make sure we keep each other honest.
4: Okay, so Bernie, you're tossing a lemon, and then are you are you leaving? you staying with Jonathan. I missed I'm, it. I'm sorry. I'm
3: going to deal with the devil.
4: <laughs> okay. Um,
3: uh, didn't mean to make that pun. But no, nope, that's the okay. Devil, but she's gonna she's gonna toss him a lemon, and she's gonna say, "You know, it worked last time. You can do it this time."
4: So you toss him the lemon, Travancore, You kind of nod as. Jonathan gives you gives you guys the devil in the other room and start to follow Carlton. Bernie, I would like for you to make a religion check, please.
3: That's a twenty. Nice.
4: Soft.
1: Solid. You Dirty.
4: Spend that moment Like before you actually toss the lemon, you s- reach out once again to your goddess thinking about what you did the last time that he's trying to summon not just a familiar, but the familiar, the one that the the, the same spirit and can Queen Bay help again? And it feels pretty good when you toss him the lemon. You feel you feel like she's watching over this right now and whether whether it can happen or not. She's she's there for all of you. And so as you turn and leave, Jonathan, you're going to spend the next hour preparing this ritual? Mm-hmm. As, as you sit and pull out the components and, and start to go through the ritual, the rest of you walk back into the other room to find a red-skinned, winged, smiling devil, still standing there, still waiting patiently. Did you drag Evelyn's body with you?
2: Oh, I
1: didn't
4: did say bring
3: me the body.
2: Well, no, we don't have it. So we I guess we walk in and then I remember bring me the body and I walk back out, go fetch Evelyn's body and then drag her back when I see the devil. But, I, hold on. I forgot something.
0: Jonathan the <laughs> Muscular is solemnly working on his goddamn ritual to bring back his buddy. And there's like John
2: Candy comedy going on in the background. Yeah, it's a close-up of Jonathan's face at the ritual thing, with Carlton going like from screen left, empty-handed, and then like, off-screen, and then screen right, grab, <laughs> dragging back the left with Evelyn... <laughs>
4: I like that better. I like, Jonathan, you are, you are like 50, you're just uh, basically on the edge of your dark vision back to the rest of the room, facing the wall, taking care of this ritual. And yeah, I like that, that image of like Carlton, of all of them like leaving. And then like 30 seconds later, Carlton like jogging back in, grabbing the back of this body and jogging out like trying not to look at you and you you don't even turn you, you know nope, he's nope, there. Nope, no turning. And like the camera on you just like focused on you the whole time you just we get to see you kind of sigh a little bit and almost roll your eyes and then go back into the ritual.
0: If this were an anime a little cloud would come out of my mouth. <sighs> and then keep going.
4: <laughs> All right. Carlton Drags the body back in. The devil has been looking at at Travancore kind of this whole time as you guys walk in, and she says, "So, you are the descendant of the Kuthinar.
1: Yep, and and Travancore says this from memory, even though Jack does not. You are amusing to me. Everything about you suggests that you belong under someone's foot, and yet you present yourselves as bringers of of civilization and salvation. Think I have you to thank for. Or whatever kingdom I have.
4: I thought that was very poetic. I'm not usually a wordy person, but I was fairly proud of that.
1: So you're still here. I thought you were linked to Evelyn.
4: I am, but she is dead, and I have some unfinished business with her and with you. And at this point, Carlton, you come dragging in in the body. Do you bring it to her? What do you do with the body?
2: I kind of just like lay it next to us where we're standing all in a line facing her.
4: Okay. Inside her cloak, she should have a medallion.
1: I go ahead and grab the medallion.
4: Okay, you rifle kind of through. Um, you have to pull aside her cloak and then reach under. She does have some leather armor on. You reach under and you pull out a medallion that's probably about an inch and a half, two inches Kay. in diameter. It's fairly thin. It seems to be made of copper. It's a really soft metal, tarnished. On one side is is just smooth as as though it's been polished and then tarnished. On the other side, there is a word, you think? You can't read it. You're not sure what it says, but there's just something written on the other side.
1: <sighs> Against my better judgment I try to read the word.
4: Okay. Oh uh, remind me what languages you speak again?
1: I know I uh, ask you like this a bunch of times. No, it's fine. I I I should write a song about this. Common, Elven, Draconic, Goblin, sylvan Celestial, Undercommon. Please don't sue.
0: Maybe maybe rearrange it so it's more yeah. melodic.
1: Yeah, I'll work on that.
4: You cannot read it, but go ahead and roll an intelligence check.
1: Well, funny thing about Travancore, no real bonus to intelligence. Presents himself as a, as a classy guy, but not out of his way intelligent. Twelve.
4: You have a suspicion that this isn't a word. This might be a name. Oh, it actually, she... it, it has a, a capital first letter, whatever this letter is. You, something tells you it's a name.
1: Okay, I, I seem to remember the name. Evelyn very clearly said her name last time around. Um, Anorak, Anola, Anansi, something like that.
3: Can you? Hey, Anansi, don't be yeah. I mean to Anansi like that, A Anansi doesn't need her
4: shit
1: <laughs> yeah
4: also don't invoke the spider god please, yeah Evelyn did call her Anarnak
1: Anernak. so I, I say that, Stravencourt. remember, even if Jack does not,
2: considering <laughs> this was only like in game time, you know, ten, five minutes ago,
4: <laughs> yeah Not not long at all, the devil responds this is, yes that is my name, but that is, that's not what's on there, fortunately. It's something else. I would offer you assurances that if you were to destroy that, you would never see me again.
2: Uh, insight? Yeah. Yeah, same. Uh, 19 for me.
4: 19, yeah. 19 for Carlton. 12 for Travancore,
1: who is apparently out of good roles.
4: Well, you're a little distracted. Yeah, and Bernie? 17. Okay. Uh yeah, Travancore. Mm, it, it's a it's a fiend. It's a it's a how can you read this thing? Uh Bernie and Carlton, she's being honest. She's not lying, but she's speaking around something. She's not giving you the full truth.
3: Um my dear, uh Let's do a thing that'll make this easier on
4: all of us.
3: How close are we to her?
4: How close would you like to be? Are we within 60 feet? I would assume if you're chatting with her, yes. Considering that room was only- I cast
3: Truth! Okay. I've been wanting to
4: cast and use this. All right. Well, I need to look up something.
2: I look at Bernie after she casts Zoda Truth and I go, that smell's not just a mayonnaise. Sorry.
3: No, you have to do the roll first, Carlton. <laughs> but you can choose to fail.
2: I always choose to fail. Ugh.
3: Okay, what's the saving throw?
4: Charisma. Charisma. Saving throw. She has advantage on this, but she rolled really poorly, as is my want today. Oh, yeah, she's not passing that. Nine. Why couldn't
0: she have fucking done that with the banishment? <laughs>
4: Okay, so I'm assuming a 13 fails. All right, you cast this. Her kind of coy smile turns a little bit sour at you and says, Really? I could just leave and then you wouldn't be any better off than you were five minutes ago.
3: I guess you could, but then you wouldn't get this amulet
4: destroyed. And then I could come back.
3: Yeah, I suppose you could, but let's just... Here, let's make this mutually beneficial to both of us. You've got to understand, my dear. You're a fiend, and we are sort of genetically predisposed not to trust you, as it were. Give us some explicit detail. What is going to happen when we destroy this amulet? You said we won't see you again, but that doesn't necessarily mean... You are gone from this plane, and that's sort of what we want.
4: That amulet, and the book over there, and she kind of eyes the the really tall book that's standing over on the side, are the items that are used to summon me here from my plane. The book is easy to destroy. Any, Any magic will cause it to go up in flames. The amulet, however, that will be difficult. But if they are destroyed, then there is no reason and no way to call me back to this uh, cursed plane. And I have obligations in my home plane that need to be attended to.
3: And if we destroy them, you immediately go back.
4: Oh, I can go back now anytime that I want. I'm no longer under a compulsion from a dead woman. But as long as this amulet is hanging around over my soul, I can be called back against my will. And my dear, I don't think either of us want that.
3: No, not particularly. Um, no offense. How do we know when you leave us that you're really going back to your plane?
4: You don't. But that's where I'm going. Where else would I go?
3: Well, that's a good point. And you do when I destroy this amulet and that book. Seriously, owe me. Seriously,
4: I owe you nothing. This I don't is... know.
3: I freed you from. I freed you from the woman who compelled you to be here. I'm breaking the power that anyone else could hold over you.
4: You will once you destroy the amulet. Until then, you are constantly at danger of me returning, and while. I may not like coming here against my will. I am still... uh, I still have all of my powers at my disposal. So, my dear, I am doing you a favor. How do I break the amulet? That is not something I can tell you. Can the book tell me? Probably not, but... That is not something else I can do either, hmm. or else I would have a long time ago. Trust me.
3: Uh, can Bernie cast Sacred Flame on the book? Are you guys cool with that?
4: Yeah, yeah. You cast Sacred Flame. Go ahead and uh, I mean, you're gonna hit. It's a three foot tall book. It's a cantrip. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and yeah, and it's Sacred Flame is radiant damage. Go ahead and roll damage on that.
3: Yeah, it is one d eight. Oh no no two d eight because I'm at over the fifth level.
1: You go you girl are. Montag. <laughs>
3: <laughs> two two points of radiant. <laughs> wait oh I only rolled one sorry five points of radiant damage.
4: Fortunately for you it's radiant damage. This is a hellish book and sacred flame is not an actual fire. It's it's a flavorful kind of text. But as your sacred flame uh, strikes this book, it kind of explodes in a soundless bright white flash of light and there's a deceptively small and all that's left are a couple of charred pages and a, a black mark on the ground and it's it's gone
3: call that a good faith payment when we get back home i will find someone who knows how to destroy your amulet and you will go back to your plane and not come back to this one.
4: I will not be summoned back as long as that amulet is destroyed.
3: Correct. But I would like to hear you say, I don't want intend to come back.
4: I don't intend to be summoned back. There's a difference, my dear. There is.
3: <sighs> this is probably an enemy for another day. Travancore
1: jumps in and says... You can sup on the misery and sorrow of my family for a little while longer.
4: Oh, I will continue to. As long as they continue to make poor decisions under their self-inflicted madness, then, then your souls will all be mine.
3: My dear, he's converted. Sorry.
4: For now. Your lives may be puny and short, but they are not yet Over.
3: But this conversation is, I think you should go home now, and I will get this amulet destroyed. Will you feel when it's been destroyed?
4: Yes, I will. Good. But until this amulet is no longer a problem, I am still around.
3: And if you cause problems, the amulet will continue to be a problem. Are we
4: understood? (laughs) Oh, Yes my little follower of bay you go ahead and continue to to poke at those that you think you can control but i look forward to when you are in my clutches too
3: um, At that miss, Tina's wings are gonna flare, and she's gonna give her a look that says, bitch, come at me. Just the Tina. Tina's mad. You've made Tina mad by insulting Bay. So she's just like, the Tina's wings are, like, gonna flare. So if, like, also if Tina's in the doorway, so if she decides to walk out of this room with the intent to harm Bernie, she will be attacked within the next eight hours and for at least 40 <laughs> points of damage. This is all very
4: true. <laughs> Celestial... Um, Radiant Wings flare, the shield comes up as as the the person who summoned it is is very obviously threatened. The devil doesn't like it gives a cursory glance and then moves her gaze over to Carlton and says, And you. Hi. Is there anything I can do for you? As long as I am here.
2: What can you do?
4: Carlton? Oh, Carlton. I can do so many things.
2: Well, tell you what, I'll think about it, and when I'm ready, I'll summon you.
4: All right. When you are ready, and you want to sacrifice someone to summon me again, I will come. But if you summon me, I will expect payment. And she looks over at Travancore and says... And before I go, is there anything else you would like to ask? Or any addendums to your current contract?
1: What are the terms of our contract? Because I wasn't around when the original deal was made.
4: No, but your ancestor made it very clear that all those in the line of the Kuthanar would be subjected to my discretionary curse. And all actions under that madness would be taken on by your own soul. And those of my children. If they continue the line. But you knew this. You may not have known my name. You might not have known how. But I don't tell you anything you didn't already
1: know. Well, then tell me something I already know. Again, what are the exact terms of the arrangement between my family and you?
4: Those are the terms.
1: So we live, we survive, we get afflicted with madness.
4: I gave the Kuthanar the power to unite his people. I gave him the resources he craved to bring about your peace. And your family continues to pay for that peace yeah I'm good. Thanks for catching me up. Well, if that is all, I will expect to feel the destruction of that amulet at some point in your lives and she stands at her full height and her wings tuck in behind her back. She sheathes her sword and says something in a language none of you understand. in your car. And she vanishes. She just disappears. Yeah, fuck you too, lady. Jonathan. You. An hour passes. The ritual is about to be completed. Are you attempting to summon the same familiar? Yes. I need you to roll an intelligence saving throw, and as you grip the lemon, you have advantage.
0: Whew. All right. Uh that is going to be
4: <laughs> Did you just who at me? Did you just roll this in and then go who? <laughs> it was a who,
0: but sure, it could be a who. <laughs> uh intelligence saving throw is going to be 27.
4: Nice. All right. You finish the final words of this ritual. You call out to your friend through the ether and after a very long moment, in the darkness, by yourself, you feel the ghostly wings once again swoop through the air and land on your shoulder as Bucks returns to you. Buddy!
0: Buddy! And I I take him, and I, I try not to crush him because I don't want him to poof again, but I'm like,
4: oh, 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 oh we gotta stop meeting like this, pal. As... Everybody in the other room considers the conversation with the devil as Jonathan has a moment of solace with his friend. We'll stop there. And next time we'll pick up right here in this cavern in the middle of the Underdark and crazy shit with crazy shit. Did we just kill a dragon that
3: all the kobolds down here worship?
2: We did just (laughs) kill a dragon that all the kobolds worship.
3: That's tomorrow's problem.
2: That's that's a problem for future heroes You gotta
1: live in the the now, Bernie. You gotta
2: live in the now.
0: So we'll have kobolds to free, weapons
1: to liberate, and all sorts of other shit. Oh, yeah, all the weapons that Evelyn left. Or presumably Evelyn. I I don't know where those things come from. Could be unrelated. We don't know.
4: Okay, for killing a dragon, killing Evelyn, for chatting with the devil and not making any bad deals. I guess. <laughs> nobody nobody had to sign a contract, and everybody seems to still have their soul, and everything is, is all good and hunky-dory. Uh, you guys get a total of 18,500 experience to split between the four of you. Jesus. Whoa. Quite a bit. You killed a dragon or something. We've been busy. You've been a little busy. And next time on Dungeon Drunks, the aftermath We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Michael LaPointe, aka Vazarus), and Hunted Shadows, LLC.